1: Welcome to the post-game edition of Rams Talk Radio, now on SoundCloud. Check us out on there, subscribe. Rams just came off a big win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27-17. We're 4-2, 3-0 and away. Best team in the division currently. Derek, how are you feeling?
2: A little eh. Eh. Um, and not because the Rams didn't play well. I just have concerns and and those you know the old rams the old Rams you know record of bumbling games away losing having struggling quarterbacks we saw a little bit of that today, and actually we've seen it two weeks in a row, and that's concerning that really is, but on the bright side, we had several highs, several highs. How about the uh that defense today, especially after the big run they
1: you know fournette is a hell of a player and you got to hope he's all right after that injury um but yeah after that run had about 20 carries for 60 yards ish and you know against a guy of his caliber that's that's all you can ask for um Blake Bortles as we know isn't good and although he had a pretty high completion percentage they did exactly what you got to do against Blake Bortles which is you know, hold him to six point nine yards per pass, uh, got a turnover out of him. You know, that defense, they were very good. And after that, you know, Rocky first half against Dallas, they've looked great ever since. You know, this they're finally looking like the defense that we expected them to look like this season. And, you know, that four net run, you know, shit happens. You can't you can't really think twice about that. Um Chris Ivory had that second touchdown and even that, you know, they were in position to stop that play. They did everything you're supposed to do on a screen pass except tackle the guy with the ball, and he scored. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling a lot better about this defense over the last two weeks. And I know Jacksonville and even Seattle this year aren't the best of offenses, but they both have pretty solid strengths, and we did a good job of containing them for the most part.
2: We did. We did. And, it was, and just to clarify, it was 20 carries, 65 yards. Yeah. after that big 75-yard run. So, you know, actually, you know, it was it 20 carries? Math Wizards here. We're the Math Wizards here at. Uh, we Rams are doing 5. math on the 20 fly. 20 carries. 20 carries for 55 yards after that run. So the Rams just shut him down. Um, Another thing, that they did a really great job of breaking down that offensive line. They really got in on Bortles, made him rush rushes, throws. Um, had him pulling up his reads, looking closer to the football, being I mean, closer to the last scrimmage. I really liked how the Rams were finally able to get some of that old school pressure on, you know, an opposing offensive line, an opposing quarterback. I haven't seen that as much this year as we have in past years. So that was great to see. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And, you know, also it's great to see the special teams making plays, not just fumbling the ball. Although we saw some muffs today, um, Pharaoh Cooper, on that big kickoff return. What a way to start a game for uh, for the Rams there in the block punt. Just a nice nice play, well done. Great stuff to see. They, I'm so happy that
1: they kept John Fossil out of all the decisions they made in the offseason. That might have been the best one. You know, we we all love that guy. He was definitely the the highlight of the Jeff Fisher staff and you now keeping him around you know, we know Johnny is always going to be great, but this is the kind of stuff that we have been waiting to see from the special teams. You know, finally, we get a kick return. You know, I've seen Tavon House punt returns. I don't remember the last time we had a kick return for a touchdown. It's been a while, and that block punt was huge. And, you know, the whole punt defense game was on fire today. You know, early in the first half, they they made a nice play and got the Rams set up in great field position you got to love the special teams. They won us the game today, there's no doubt. You know, the defense played great, but without that special teams, we're not winning. And you know, i, I got to say, Farrow, last week, Tavon Austin scored a touchdown and got benched for fumbling the the punt. And then this week, Farrow Cooper scores a touchdown and then saves himself by recovering his muffed punt. I mean, is it just bad luck that, you know, our receivers can't catch punts? It's crazy. Farrow almost muffed two of them, you know he one bounced off of him and he caught it early in the first half too.
2: I'd almost say hey, I would almost say hey put Cooper Cup back there. But when Cooper was in there he dropped one too, so yeah. I yeah, eh, I don't know. But hey, you know what, speaking of this game, you know, who's your player of the game? This is a tough one
1: and you know, I don't know if it's necessarily like the best player of the game, but from something that I've wanted to see all year, I think this is the game we needed to see from Todd Gurley because, you know, he was obviously killing it early in the season, uh, killing it the whole year up until last week. But, you know, those were he got some big plays. He got a lot of goal line work. This week, 23 carries, 116 yards. His longest was 14 yards. This was just 23 carries of just grinding it out football against one of the better run defenses in the NFL. And for him to just get 116 yards without any one play like Fournette that you could point to and say, that's why he has this total. I This is really just what sells me the most on Todd Guerrero this year, that he's fully back and that even in games where he's, you know, not getting touchdowns, where he's not heavily involved in the receiving game, he could just go out there and grind it out against a fantastic defense and show that he's definitely one of the elite running backs in the league and hopefully will be for a long time.
2: I actually agree with you. I believe Todd Gurley was our player of the game today. 23 carries, 116 yards. But it was just how he got to 116 yards. Just like you are saying. Nothing huge. Just just chewing off the clock, especially late. um, Keeping the ball inbounds most of the time. You know, just making smart plays with the football. Didn't take a lot of losses. It was just what we needed late in the game to see this, this Rams team pull it out. I just, you know, a great game from him. I wish he would have got a touchdown that day. It would have been nice to see him, you know, get a touchdown because he definitely earned it. Yeah, we would have liked to have seen him in the end zone. Goat of the game, goat of the game, the player or whoever that just deserves just a hug or some booze. Hey, who do you got? Because right now I can't really
1: think of just one specific player in this game that I'm just like, Ugh. you know, we
2: could have had more. Well, I, I have, I have, I have two nominees. Okay, we could. Uh, we could you know pick them apart. Either a uh, Jared Goff who had his moments of struggles this game, had a lot of struggles this game. Did not uh, did not see the the field very well. Uh, struggled getting the ball out. Got a little antsy back in the pocket. Or I gotta be real, the officiating this game was freaking horrible. Yeah, Freaking horrible. Two missed pass interference calls, one for the Rams, one for the Jaguars. Um, that came right before the block punt um the Robert Quinn penalty um you know just a lot of weird stuff in this game I, I felt like you know it's just kind of an example of how bad the efficiency is this year that I can I can sit back and, and I can definitely find three or four missed calls that could be critical in a game this year um or yeah Jared Goff at 124 yards passing they kind of struggled a bit
1: yeah, I definitely agree with the officials. To play devil's advocate on Goff, you know, he was handed a lead early, at the end of the first quarter. Rams had a lead and Goff didn't, you know, he was not great, but he didn't make any huge mistakes that would cost the Rams this game. And, you know, he man- managed the game, which is something that, you know, I don't think we've had to see from him yet. Is just, you know, he gets a lead out front and they said, keep it. And, you know the the deep throws to Watkins. I think they they got to be fixed. They got to develop a little more chemistry there. But I think the first one, even though he overthrew it a little bit, if, if he underthrows that a little, it's getting picked off. And as we saw, in the second one it was a little a little more um, underthrown. But I it's tough to call him the goat here because as much as he didn't go out and win us the game, he didn't lose us the game. And for watching the Rams for a couple of years. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks do that many times, just go out there and just play average football. And I think that's kind of what we saw from Goff today.
2: Okay, so we can go ahead and go with the officials on that one. Yeah. I do want to make this point about about Goff. All right? And this is, this is really as much as, hey, we're going to pick on Goff. Uh, he doesn't deserve that. But what we really saw today from him is that he still is a second-year quarterback in this league. And in a lot of ways, he's still a rookie. In, in in seeing his progressions and moving the pocket. Sometimes he just his, just gets happy feet. And a lot of young young players do that, especially once he took a beating like he did last year. So that's something that still needs to be remedied in him. And he and on the one deep play for Watkins, he he totally did not even look at an open Cooper Cup. Yeah. You know, so he so he deserves a little bit of criticism, but we also have to put in context he's learning. All right, before we move on, we want to talk about our sponsors The Golden Ram Barbershop out there at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Zip code 92683. You can call them at 714-894-7267. Hey, they do a great job out there. And one thing they really do is they represent the Rams. Owner Sal Martinez opened up the barbershop in 1994. That's right, the year they left. And kept the lights on for Rams fans in the area for the next 22 years. To this day, you can go inside his barbershop, get a clean, great haircut, good price, and talk Rams football the entire time. His his barbershop's full of Rams memorabilia, going all the way back into the 70s, 80s, you name it. So, hey, it's a great deal. Go on in there, use the the promo code RAMSTALK, call at 714-894-7267, make an appointment, and get a great cut. Moving on, too, as well, Well, what are the real positives we're going to get out of this game?
1: I think, you know, special teams, obviously, and we, mentioned, we talked about defense. You know, there's outside of those first two drives, I don't have a single complaint about the defense. Um, Bortles did complete a couple passes, but, you know, it seemed like they were daring him to throw the ball with how well they contained Fournette after that early touchdown. And, you know, Bortles is going to complete, go 23 for 35 and still have... That mediocre for sat line. No complaints whatsoever there. And, you know, I'll throw a shout out to Gerald Everett. That nice little gadget play, I liked it. I think I like how McVay gets a guy like Everett involved. And I like how he's sprinkled in Tavon Austin a little bit. You know, as hard as we are on Tavon Austin and as overpaid he as he is, he is still on this team and he still has value and, you know, it's there's no point of not mixing him into the offense. And I really like how he's been used this year. You know, not overdoing it, but I think getting him carries out of the backfield to spell gurley is was a great decision. You know, flashing him on those end arounds, even if he's not getting the ball. And and yeah, as I mentioned the Gerald Everett play. I think, you know, McVeigh definitely deserves a lot of credit for this and as he should for the whole season.
2: Well one thing I I will go with the pauses as well is not just the defense. I want to be more specific. I want to be specific about the way the Rams float to the football, especially after that big, you know, that big run. They 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 were in there. They were pursuing the football. They were taking good angles. They um, were going after Fournette with abandon. That's not something we've seen as much from the Rams this year. Probably the best they've been against a run post you know, post the Fournette 75-yarder. But that was outstanding defense from there. And it really threw Jacksonville for a loop. They were not able to function all the rest of the game. So the first couple couple drives, they have some missed tackles, some things that just annoy us. But then they really locked it down. And they put Jacksonville in a position where they normally don't need to be, which is a pass. So that's the real positive I got from the game. Other than special teams, special teams we, we know how good our special teams can be. Um, And then, you know, getting a return out of it, you know, the the pump block. But really that defense today, you know, let's just be honest. The Jacksonville defense is probably one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And our defense stood with them for four quarters.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I think, no, I mentioned the Chris Ivey touchdown earlier. You know, that was just a lot of not getting the ball. And I think after that, They kind of committed to not letting that happen again, and they did a great job. And I think, you know, there's so much talent on the Rams defense side of the ball this year. And, you know, we also have one of the greatest defensive coordinators to ever coach in the league. And those first three weeks were frustrating when Brian Hoyer is tearing us apart. And, you know, now ever since that second half of that Dallas game, they have looked great for the most part. And like you mentioned, getting the ball was phenomenal. You know, there's there's just so much to like about this win. This is just, this is not the kind of win that we have seen from the Rams in years past. It's just getting a lead and, you know, the game pretty much being even for the rest of the game. And the Rams just holding on, not making any big mistakes. And not, I, I love it, man. And yeah, shout out to Jacksonville. Uh, still tied for their division lead, and I think they're they're looking up. I think it wasn't wise to not bring in any competition for Bortles this off season, but their defense might carry them to the playoffs. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with them in Houston, and you know even Tennessee if they start to pick it up.
2: That defense, that defense is nasty. It really is. That, that yeah. Jacksonville defense is nasty. Um, I'm actually surprised they didn't hurt anybody <laughs> as, 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 as hard as they hit. I mean, that is a nasty, nasty defense, and that, that defense will carry them far. I can see why they beat up on Baltimore and Pittsburgh like they did. Um, in which, hey, by the way, you know, this is a team that just pounded Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and the Rams beat them on their home field. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, me and my earlier comments when we first did their introduction, you know, kind of feeling eh about it. And the reason why I feel eh about it is because the way the offense played today was very reminiscent of last year at times. Well, a lot of the time. It just couldn't move the ball. But let's give credit where credit is due. Jacksonville's defense is outstanding. And we won. And so we saw – looking forward, there are still some issues, though, that I think should concern fans. One of those issues, I think, Steve, I think – what happens with Jared Goff when he's under pressure? Yeah, that's one issue I'm worried about. Uh, another issue is we we have this collection of talent offensively, um, and and you just kind of need someone to step up every game. Well, Gurley stepped up today, but no receivers really did, and nobody was getting open. It's a very tough, tough Jacksonville secondary. Uh, to their, you know, let's let's put that out there again. Remind people today for the eighteenth time how good that defense is, but. <laughs> A receiver has to get open. And we didn't see a lot of that from the receivers today. And this receiving core is pretty talented. They should be doing better to support, uh, support golf.
1: Yeah, you've got to hope that, you know, the the receivers step it up. And unfortunately for Sammy Watkins, he's had to go against Sherman. He's had to go against Sheldon Ramsey. And next week he's got Patrick Peterson in the Cardinals. Um, and, you know, for... As not great as we've been at getting Watkins the ball, I think we still benefit just from the fact that he's out there and that for the last couple of years, we've had, if you put every receiver on our depth chart back a spot, then our receiving card would look pretty good, but instead we end up with guys like Kenny Britt and Chris Gibbons being the number one options, and that's never a thing that works in the NFL. And now, you know, with Watkins in there as the number one option and drawing pressure from the team's best cornerbacks, you get Robert Woods getting open to make five catches for 70 yards. And it's hard to imagine Watkins stepping up against some of these great cornerbacks because as talented as he is, I don't think that he's in that real upper echelon of receivers. And I think he's out there, and it's great that he's out there because he does draw attention, and when they don't pay attention to him, the Rams will find him. But you got to think that we get Cooper Cup back in the mix— and you got to hope that I think Gerald Everett could be a big X factor because we've seen how talented this guy is in in flashes You know, almost every game this season. He's had a lot of big plays, mm-hmm. but we haven't really seen him make anything other than big plays because they don't really use him to grab eight yards on a second down. And I think that getting him more involved and him just growing because he's still a raw prospect for sure. He can definitely be an X-factor in that passing game. And if he really develops into the Jordan Reed type player that McVay drafted him to be, then you got four real receivers. And it has been a long time since the Rams have had two real receivers. And then you throw four out there, and I think that's fantastic. But we are not there yet. Um, Cooper Cup's been spotty. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you gotta hope he really gets his mojo back after last week with that drop touchdown on what, which was a hard play to make. But you need you need Cobb to step up. You need to hope that Watkins finally gets a great matchup. And I, I'm not confident it'll be next week, but we'll see. And I think this Robert Woods, this is what he has to do. We shouldn't ask for more of Robert Woods than we're getting. You know, five for seventy—that's vintage Robert Woods Just being pretty decent and catching the ball
2: i think woods can give more if the rams can develop that number one and it should be saying Watkins. yeah i've always been a big believer of his but he's not a speedster. he has to run his routes well and right now he just looks lost in the rams offense i'm hoping that changes there is hope though okay the cardinals defense is not the same cardinals defense that we know in past years you know they they gave up on people like Cali Campbell who just who just destructed just destroyed um, the Rams' offensive line times today. He's not there anymore. And hey, they gave up thirty three points today to the Bucks. Almost blew that big lead they had. And so
1: the, the Bucks, without Jameis Winston for most of the game, they gave up two hundred ninety yards and three touchdowns to Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Absolutely. So I think there's potential there. I, you know, the the Cardinals aren't the same team they were. Uh, last year, or the year before, if, you know, Mike Evans got got three catches for 95 yards today. You know, 41 yard for a long. So there, there are openings in that defense for the Rams to move the football next week. They, my gosh, they need to protect Jared Goff. They got to give him time to throw, give him time to read pro- progressions, and Goff needs to get better at reading those progressions. So, you know, other weaknesses too. How about our, our return game. We mentioned that earlier. We, we talked about that. That return game needs to be fixed. I, you know, when it comes to divisional opponents, those always seem to cost us more than anywhere else. They always seem to happen more against divisional opponents. That's yeah. something to worry about against the Cardinals next week. But I mean, um, you can't really say that that's a weakness this week
1: after we scored on a kick return. You know. Well, I. Yeah. I it sucks. I'm but um, yeah. You know, I'll take a fumble if we also get a score. You know, it's, yeah, I'm talking the
2: muffs. I'm talking yeah. the penalties, um, which again seem to happen to us at the worst possible time. Um, but overall, you know, thinking back as as we get further and further away from the actual final, I think we can be happy with the performance today, and and also know, hey, the Rams can win games without being great offensively, and that's the first time this year where they've done that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and. We needed one of those because, you know, last week when we went against a great, up a great defense, our offense didn't perform and we couldn't pull it out. And this week, luckily we were in the lead for most of the game and we held on. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that it hasn't happened in the past. You know, that's the game the Rams always lose is when they got a lead. You know, last year, Jared Goff, uh, his debut was against Miami, right? And Yep. He scored early, and Jeff Fisher decided, let's not do anything for the rest of the game. Let's just hold on to the seven-point lead. Blow the game right at the end. I'm happy with this. You know, it wasn't perfect, but we mentioned a lot to like. There's definitely room for improvement, but I uh, I can't really complain. It was a hard-fought win against an elite defense, and we are 4-2 and two for the first time in 10 years.
2: 2005, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said five or, or six. Or 2006 or 2005. Either the way, it's a long time ago. Yes, <laughs> one of those. Okay. For so, sure. So, here, just, just as we get ready to close here, a real a real quick rundown of the numbers. Um, the Rams, 12 first downs today. 4 of 13 on third down. 249 total yards. 142 yards rushing. Um, not pretty. 107 yards passing overall. Jacksonville, 19 first downs. 4 for 14 on third down. 1 for 1 on, on fourth down. 389 total yards, 169 yards rushing. That, had, that comes with an asterisk because uh, 75 yards of that came on the, the one four net run in the first quarter. After that, the Rams' defense just really, really shut down the Jaguars' offense on the running game. Yeah. Uh, Bortles, 23 35, was sacked five times. So we're talking about five times. Uh, Goff, 11 for 21, sacked three times. That's a concern. Both teams punted seven times. Uh, Johnny Hecker had a 46-yard average today, and the Jaguars had a 39.1-yard average. Seven penalties today for the Rams. Five penalties for the Jaguars. Um, time of possession, that's something to work on as well. The Jaguars had time of possession today for 32 minutes and 13 seconds. And you know what? The numbers don't show it overall, but that Rams defense had a game today.
1: Yeah, and it's great to look at the score because we lost pretty much every statistic and we won the game. And that's, you know, that's huge. That's not a, a thing that's easy to come by is when you get outgained on offense, you have more penalties than the other team and you just grind it out, capitalize on some big plays and win the game. And, you know, you're right about the stats because that touchdown was huge. But even if you take away that touchdown, we were still outgained by them. And... It just feels good that we won this game. You know, we were the ones making the big plays. We were the team that didn't really look better on offense, but we came out on top. You, you got to love that when that happens.
2: You know, Sometimes, yeah, sometimes your, your offense is not going to go out there and be its best. And, and two straight weeks against really, really tough defenses in the Seahawks and the Jaguars, I'm hoping that – you know I'm hoping that over time the Rams can can get better against teams like that but when your offense struggles your defense your special teams needs to be all step up and for the most part it did the Rams should have won that game last week they gave it away and you know even the last second they had, you know, the ball was in it was in Cooper Cup's hands last last week so you know this week they do get the win. They get twenty seven seventeen. And folks, don't be surprised if Jacksonville is there at the end this year making the playoffs. Don't be. That defense is for real.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt. And, you know, that's this was defensively the hardest two game stretch we're gonna have all year, you know, until maybe when we get to that Eagles, Seahawks back to back late in the season, which will be tough. But um the next couple games, Cardinals, Giants, Texans and Vikings, um, you no, know, no disrespect to the Giants, but Cardinals, Texans, Vikings, those are three solid defenses, not elite like these couple. You know, Texans might be if Watt was there, but he's not. And I got to say, the Giants just screams trap game. You know, that's the game we lose when, you know, in past years, that's the kind of game we lose.
2: Well, and the Giants, their own five record. That that's gonna be that's something you put on their coach there. I mean that, that team is low with talent. That's that's a team I picked to win uh, the NFC East this year. Just based on on paper, that team is low with talent. The fact that they are 0 and 5, that's on the staff there. That's on the inability of the coaching staff to win over those players. And you know one of these days, the Giants are gonna come out there and really put on. So it might be tonight. It might yeah. be night, but the Giants are dangerous. That that the whole entire schedule, those next four games, those are all dangerous games. All of them are losable. All of them are winnable. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can't put anything past any of those four teams.
1: Yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. I will be at that Giants game, so hopefully we do not fall for that trap. But, he, you got to think Janoris Jenkins is out there, man. He's dangerous. Might be a little hungry, but.
2: We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. All right. So later this week, we'll have Fear the Birds. Jess Root should be on the show on Wednesday for our show um, to preview the Cardinals. The game in London Um, beginning next week. We hope to come to you with three podcasts per week. Uh, Fingers crossed on that one. We'll also soon be on iTunes. So we're growing. We hope you stick with us. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. Um, For Steve Ribeiro, this is Derek C. Paula. Rams win 4-2. First place.
0: can you get this type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters jaylen proud throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of la is real people and 30 feet is still in range hurry where else can a city this loud be this left on? where else is history
1: still in the making oh my goodness where else the nba only here season begins december 22nd on abc espn tnt and nba tv
0: relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.